to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the block for hitting the hardwood segment. Talk a little bit of NBA basketball. This is, I'm going to be honest, listen. I'm a, I, I, I'm a former player. People ask Stricky all the time, do you actually miss playing in the NBA? And I tell him, I say, listen, um, I'm a guy that was blessed to be able to do it at that level. But at the end of the day, it wasn't who I was. I enjoy stuff like this. I enjoy talking about sports. I enjoy uh, observing all aspects of sport. I'm not limited to only basketball. Um, but I'm going to be honest, I don't like to watch NBA basketball as much as I used to in the past, but I do get excited a little bit about watching the playoffs just because I'm just a competitor and I just want to see people compete. And if I see that, then I'll be okay. So in this specific segment, we're going to talk a little bit about why I think that the generation is a little bit different. And it's going to kind of show with what you you, you alluded to before the break is Nikola Jokic, the Joker, is um, is experiencing a lot of frustration right now. And what we see is that if you go back into the past, you can observe guys similar to Jokic in that they were a dominant figure in the league and what they did. Um, but when it came this time, there was a, a show and prove and they showed and prove. Um, even in a loss, um, there was still a show and prove and you were going to feel the effects of that competition amongst that guy, right? Uh, you can go back to Jordan and the losses that he took against Boston and the way that he performed. And, you know, he basically could have taken you there. Um, you go back to uh, guys like, even Tim Duncan in, in, in those years when they were still trying to emerge, you go back to Dirk um, when, you know, Dirk, they had 50 wins and he was on the verge of, of, of breaking through as well and emerging as the player he was. And he gets pumped. He gets pumped by uh, a strong Steven Jackson and you know, Baron Davis, AC oh, yeah. team in, in, uh, um, Golden State, they basically said, we're going to punk Dirk. We're going to make him become a punk tonight. And they did. They physically impeded them, you know, just imposed themselves upon that series. But that next year against an inflated Miami team, you know, the next time he got an opportunity against that inflated Miami team, he showed improved. That's the type of stuff that I, you know, the Kobe's, you know, those types of guys that just always showed up and showed out. Even Kevin Garnett in losses, he still was a dominant figure. Nikola Jokic right now is is looking on the verge of possibly getting exited, but you're seeing the frustration. You're seeing the, you know, you don't, you're not seeing the way that he played the game 
in the early parts of the year, right? That's why I'm saying when you get into playoff basketball, it is so much more different than what you experience in the season. It is halfway for me like they're playing in an all-star game during the season. It's, you know, you just kind of freewheeling. You can do KD's even starting to experience it now, right? They're getting in his grill. They're getting up under him. He's not able to move with that freedom of movement that he used to be able to have. And it's, it's an effect on him. So, Jokic may be the MVP and may get bounced out in the first round again. And you're seeing that frustration, Bach. How are you thinking that's going to weigh in the process of the voting or does it gonna, is it going to matter? Or how do you view that he's going to be able to come out of this? Does he need to go somewhere else? Uh, is this something that they need to build around him? Do they not have what they need out there? Because right now it looks like it's trouble in the Maha City. Yeah, it does look like uh, it's trouble there. And again, it, it's hard to, um, to 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 put too much uh, blame on on the roster building, I guess, of the the Nuggets because they they they've got Michael Porter Jr. You know, they they have um, the the uh, Jamal Murray, but they they got injured. So sometimes you have to deal with injuries. They did that with last playoffs. They did that for this playoffs. Um, and you know, but in now down two nothing already to Golden State. That's part of it too. Is is to be honest with you, that Golden State lineup that they throw out there when they go small ball, it was uh, deadly with Andre Iguodala back in the day. Um, now they've they've kind of revamped it. Now Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are part of it with that big three. And throw in the D of Gary Payton. Too. Oh, yeah. When Gary Payton Jr. goes out there, they've got a good squad there. So I think part of it's the fact that you might be playing the eventual champions in Golden State Warriors. I, I Maybe it's from the... Are you calling that on the block? I'm not... Are you shooting that? <laughs> I know they're the three seed, but I, I could see mm. them making that run with that lineup. Mm. That's going to be tough to stop in my mind. Um, so, I mean, they're at least my favorites in the West. Um, but, the, but I mean, ultimately it is, you know, if you're going to be um, in the MVP discussion, you've got to be able to rise above it and, uh, and be able to carry your team, even if you're down at least to, to the second round here and there. And I know there's a lot of Jokic fans around here. He's amazing. I love watching him play. But again, you get reminded of this basically with every um, every postseason that we have, right? We do our NFL MVP, then we go back and say, well, or Rodgers probably shouldn't have won it because of that playoff performance. Now you're kind of doing the same thing with Jokic probably. I think he's going to win the MVP, but... I don't know if he's raising his profile too much, where last year he won the MVP kind of by default because he was the most available player among the MVP candidates. Not saying that he didn't raise his game because he certainly did, um, but a lot of the other guys kind of just bowed out because of injury situations. This year he's had to fight. You know, tooth and nail, Joel Embiid and, and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, this is a race down to the end, and it felt like he won there at the end of the regular season. But... Should we not extend that maybe a few games into the playoffs not to kind of, you know, it's a regular season award, but the, the story's kind of telling itself is, okay, here's another dominant MVP regular season from Nikola Jokic doesn't mean anything in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's, and that's the part that's, that's going to be very troubling when you really look at it. I mean, Embiid is definitely continuing to make a case as to why he should have been that, you know, the, the points leader, the scorer, mm-hmm. he's led his team to a, a top tier performance out in the East. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the part that's going to not settle well when people begin to look at it at the end of the day. Now let's, let's take a look at an, at another level. Like, Dallas right now, 1-1. Dallas uh, was able to overcome, uh, you know, 
<laughs> the loss of uh, you know uh, Doncic, yeah. uh, Doncic, the loss of Doncic is significant, and for them to be able to pull out a win at home, it was very important. And we talk about a young man who stayed the course, stayed there in Villanova, finished it out, and then makes his way into the NBA and finds himself on a good Dallas Mavericks team behind um, one of the better players in the league of the day, definitely a top 10 player in the league right now, maybe even top five in Luka Doncic. And yet he's still leading this team and leading this bunch, and he's searching for his bag. And he's got a nice trick bag himself and is playing very well. How does Jalen Brunson end up a second-round pick? Yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating to watch it play out. A college star, absolute stud in college. Yeah. The, the college player of the year won two titles there uh, with Villanova. The second one being mostly his heavy lifting. Um, so it it is it, you know it's kind of interesting. But he's one of those six foot and under league guys, right? I mean, he's, mm-hmm. if 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 this were back in the old days where you needed a traditional point guard, maybe he would have been a little bit higher. But he's six foot one. <laughs> he's tiny. So you know, for every every Jalen Brunson there is, you know, these guys are like second round picks. Fred Van Fleet, another kind of look at a great college player, but the height is just gonna gonna scare all the scouts away, and very few of them make it through. But when they do, uh, man, can they be special? And he's definitely a part of that package. But you. You know, I kind of think of um, like a Sharon Collins back in the day when he was with Cole Aldridge there with Kansas. Dominant college player, um, but not picked too highly and, and ultimately didn't work out. So, you know, I, I just wonder for how however many of those six foot, six foot one guys um, make it, how many of them don't, uh, you know, that, that get dropped there that are college players. I also have, uh, you know, does it does it. Does it benefit you? This is when you got to really look at that, right? This whole process of. Of that we talked about, about, you know, NCAA college teams being able to keep that foundation together to make those runs for championships there in the NCAA tournament. But a Jalen Brunson who stays, he wins, he's a winner. And does it hurt you or hinder you from getting your draft stock by staying long? Because they want these young guys yeah. and they feel they want to be able to have them tenured for a longer period of time. And so if you hit, you would much rather hit on a guy that's a freshman, a sophomore. You're going to get him in this league for a lot of a lot more time so that they say, as opposed to a seasoned guy who's ready and he can come in ready to go right off top. But they end up being in the second round. So it's I, I think that probably is something that's playing, too, probably in the minds of those that are, are looking to come out. So. Well, it's kind of funny, too, how you do that, right? Because you do think of the, the perfect long-term prospect, like Kobe Bryant. He's he's young. He's, he's coming out of high school. You can keep him for 20 years. but they're, KG. That, yeah, but those are very few guys that actually, you know, even if your, your rookie hits, is he going to get a second contract with you? Even if he does, is he going to get a third contract with you? Mm-hmm. So how much does it matter by the time he's like 30, whether he's 28 or right. 30, whether you took him, you know, whether he came out and at what age he did. So, you know, I know it, it is, it, it, it changes a little bit the way you look at a prospect coming in, but I think more often than not, it probably doesn't matter all that much if they're a few years older or not. I don't care what anybody says. You can do the tracking. There are very few guys that come out of high school that within that three-year period had just totally emerged without getting one or two years of college. That, that, that track record, even Kobe, like even as athletic, gifted, and tremendous a player that he is, 
and has become and did become, you know, RIP to Kobe. Mm -hmm. They still took two to three years before they really emerged to become who they were, right? Allen Iverson came in, but Allen Iverson had one year of college where he was able to hone those skills at a whole nother level of competition, right? But you look at the NBA and track that, and you will see that that's mostly the case from a lot of these one-and-done guys. It's usually a three- to four-year process. Look at Jermaine O'Neal. Oh, yeah. Jermaine O'Neal, even as solid as he was when he was coming out, he didn't hit until about his third year, fourth year. And when he got to Indiana, he was a beast. You can track that. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I somebody go out there, 402. If, if I'm crazy and I'm talking crazy, 402-464-5685 on the Sauter Heyman text line, let me know I'm crazy as to how I'm seeing it and how I thought it through. Now, there ain't a lot of Moses Malones out there that, listen, you know, that came in the league and just dominated Another one that I think could have been, but he ended up being seasoned. And look how long he played. Kareem came in ready. Like the minute Kareem came on the scene, he was not Tim Duncan seasoned. The yeah. minute he showed up on the scene, he still did his thing. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of and KG I mean. being able to do it right away kind of changed the draft for a few years because everybody thought, oh, we need to get the next KG. Yeah. And slowly learned that that like you said. Uh, you know, all these high school products, it takes them a little bit while a little bit to get going. And like guys like Darius Miles or, you know, yep. maybe a Deshaun Stevenson or Sebastian Telfer, especially you go, well, those guys didn't work out eight years Jonathan later. There's Bender. Yeah. But you know, they're still Eddie in the, Curry. A lot of them are still in the league eight years later. They just didn't work to your timeline yep. because you drafted them when they're babies. Yeah, that's exactly right. Unfortunately, we got to take a break, but we did dig into it. If you do have something you want to share on the text line, if I, if you think I'm just out in space, lost in space, whatever the case, watch me on Netflix because I might be on the movie there, uh, Lost in Space, because I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking crazy. But uh, 402-464-5685, we got to take a break. We'll come back, finish off the segment, talk a little bit about possibly the Baker Mayfield situation. Where might he land at the end of the day? We'll be back right here on The Block. 